I've only been taking it really seriously for a couple of months. And, and, you know, I did okay before that, but Mm -hmm. if I had started with a much better plan from the beginning, I I feel like I could be so much. You just heard Evan and Evan is another success story interview. He basically doubled his traffic and doubled his revenue by using the keyword golden ratio. You're going to hear a story in this episode. My name is Doug Cunnington. This is the Doug show. In this episode, episode I think 14, Evan is going to tell us about his affiliate site. His affiliate site is partially uh, monetized with Amazon Associates, and then he has some other affiliate programs in there too. One of the cool things about this site is that it was about 14 months old at the time that we recorded this interview. He was working on it for a little while, but wasn't taking it super seriously for a bit. It's really relatable because that's a very common thing to happen where maybe you start a site, you get some traction. And by the way, Evan was doing really well, making like 1500 to 2000 bucks a month for a stretch. And basically, um, once he started pouring on more keyword golden ratio content, he was getting a lot more traction. Now, a little behind the scenes, I recently caught up with Evan in the early part of 2019. So... I have an update interview coming up in a few episodes, so please do keep an eye out for that. It's uh, he's he's still growing the site. Basically, things are going great for today. In this interview, we'll just be looking at talking about the initial content sprint that got Evan close to about four thousand bucks a month. Let's send it over to the interview, and I'm going to answer some questions at the end. Hey, Doug Cunnington here, and I'm sitting with my friend, Evan. How are you today? Hey, I'm great, Doug. Thanks for contacting me and letting me know the success that you're having with your Amazon affiliate site. So before we get into the details, can you just share the results that you've seen just in the last couple months here? Yeah, definitely. So my site is actually a little bit older. It's about 14 months old. Started as a hobby site. Uh, I wanted to monetize it eventually, but I had no real plans or, or strategy for that. So, uh, you know, I did a couple of things here and there and it got myself to a certain level, but I was kind of stuck. And uh, it was in about February, late February that I started kind of pouring on the KGR. I was decided to go all in. Since then, I've written about 50 to 55 KGR posts. Since that point, so it's been about three months. The traffic has uh, roughly doubled. I was getting about a thousand visitors a day. Now it's about two thousand, and the revenue is has shot up. Oh, you know, as well. You know, in February I think I made about six hundred dollars. This month I could hit four K, depending on how things go. It's been a good start to the month, so that's in the cards. I'm hoping, but yeah, Very so I've cool. seen all the metrics have gone through the roof. It's been great. I'll quickly summarize here. The site's about fourteen months old. It's June of uh, twenty eighteen right now, and it looks like you could hit. 4k this month and it's been since you've been putting about 50 keyword golden ratio compliant articles up traffic has doubled it sounds like you're at about 60k per month uh over the last month or so yeah right exactly awesome congratulations that's a huge feat i mean for some people that's like you know they're thinking about quitting their job and stuff like that but before we go down that road um, Mm -hmm. why don't you just introduce yourself let us know your background um what do you do for your day job that sort of thing sure sure so uh yeah my my background i guess in some ways is tailor-made for this i i have a background in writing Uh, i'm a writer by trade i've always run my own blogs and, and written for you know the school newspaper and then i got into copywriting Back in 2012, worked for a digital agency, eventually ended up running content strategy and content marketing there and copywriting. And then uh, eventually I graduated to 
writing for like one of the really, really big viral news publishers. And so, yeah, I mean, I have experience like helping smaller brands grow blogs and then also writing content that's optimized for a publisher with like 13 million Facebook fans. So I kind of have a cool uh, breadth of experience there that's really helped me jump into this, I think. Actually, in my day job, which is kind of funny you bring that up, I did quit my job a couple months ago, not for this specifically, but I was like, hey, you know, it's, it's time for a change. I'm going to move on. And, and while I'm looking for a job, I'm going to work on this. thought I would get a job and, and this would just be nice side income. But this has gone better than I thought. And the job hunt has gone worse than I thought. So. <laughs> and, and where are you from, by the way? I'm in Atlanta or the suburb of Atlanta called Marietta, so down there in Georgia. Cool. And that's my old hometown. And before we started recording, we were chatting about, uh, you know, old times uh, sitting in traffic. <laughs> down oh, yeah, in sure. Atlanta. yeah. <laughs> so and luckily, you don't have to commute because that it would be a nightmare for Marietta. Even if you have I to did. just like go to the other side of Marietta, that's kind of bad too, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I used I used to work in Midtown from, you know, from OTP, as we call it. And that was a nightmare. So now I just try not to leave the house at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you got to do it. Otherwise, it's just a nightmare. Anyway, so that's cool. And I guess you had like a, a writing or English background in college and stuff. I didn't study English, but I just like always wrote my own stuff and built a portfolio when I was able to like get smaller and, and, you know, bigger and bigger writing jobs as I went along. So no formal training, but, you know, creative writing is I've got a good background in it. Nice. That's pretty cool. So do you remember when you first heard about like internet marketing or niche sites in general? Yeah, it was at my um, my agency job back in 2012 to 2015. I worked there. And uh, one of my buddies there who worked in SEO, uh, one day he told me he was quitting. And I was like, oh, you know, that's, that's cool. What are you doing? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to run my blog. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and you know, this guy's a guy with like a family and a kid. And I was like, you're going to quit to run a blog? I, I don't understand. And that's when I first found out about how he, he was using kind of affiliate marketing and, you know, left his full-time job to do it. Got it. I had no idea how, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just heard of the concept. And what year was that, by the way? That was a couple of years ago, maybe like 2015. Okay. So pretty, pretty recent overall. Mm -hmm. All right. Now take us through the timeline of your site. So you mentioned you started it about 14 months ago. It's a hobby site and you were... Yeah, just take us through the timeline. So yeah, so kind of inspired by my my friend, I was like, I would, you know, I want to do that. I don't really know how, but let me start a site based on something I like, and I'll just have an outlet, and you know, and I have that background in in blogging and content marketing, and I knew I could write good articles and get traffic. Like I knew I could do that. I didn't know how to monetize. I didn't know anything about Amazon affiliates or affiliate programs really. So I thought I'd figure that out later. I had a couple of like reviews I wanted to do uh, based on things in the niche that I enjoyed and was already using, and so you know I did those and had some success. I mean the site grew. I got traffic. You know, pre KGR, pre any of this stuff, I was still at, you know, 20, 30K visits a month and doing pretty well with certain product reviews, but I just kind of was stuck there. And, um, you know, I was started to think about, like, how can I take this to the next level? And I've been following, you know, the KGR stuff for a couple months and was really on the fence. I was kind of one of those people who was like, I don't know, is all title really work? And, right. you know, what if the keyword is this? And what if the volume is this? And, you know, I think it was about that time in February where I was like, it sounds good. I've seen the other success stories. Let me just try it. Let me write a couple dozen of these and, like, see what happens happens and seeing the success from each batch that I did like kept me kind of going and you know here I am very cool and how many posts did you have on your site before you started adding KGR stuff probably like 20 okay. I actually haven't counted but yeah around 20 probably okay so you had 20 articles over the span of like a little less than a year maybe 10 months or so yeah and then you've added like 50 more um, about how long are those KGR 
posts. They're usually about 1500, like 1200 is kind of the floor. And then some of them are just barely cracking 2000. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That's cool. And basically, as soon as you started publishing them, you were out of the sandbox already. You had actually a pretty good amount of traffic. You know, you're getting what, 800 to a thousand visitors per day. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you started putting like content that you'd be able to rank for right away. So how fast would you rank after you would publish it? That's a good question. I feel like it actually took some time for me. Like this is something that's kind of weird and maybe you know about it, but I'm on Squarespace, which I, I God, if I could go back in time and <laughs> go back to WordPress, I would do it. But uh, it feels like it takes my pages a long time to get indexed. Like once they're indexed, they're ranked okay. uh, pretty pretty quickly. But it just seems like it takes like a week or two for Google to really figure out like what's going on. And, and uh, I don't know if that's a Squarespace thing or not. Yeah, you know, I think to be honest with you, I was publishing so much stuff that I didn't even pay attention. I just like published it and then like I'd come back uh, three weeks later and have a look and see like what was going on. And, yeah. you know. Slowly it would happen. You know, of course, you can go to the Google search console, fetch the specific page, but I find it's not necessary unless I make a specific change. I want it re-indexed immediately. I just try to, you know, just keep moving with the content and make sure my internal links are good and just kind of let it go because it gets there, you know. Um, And once it's it's indexed, like I said, like it's it's usually pretty high up, so. And I take it you don't have any other writers since you're a good writer yourself, but (laughs) I'll ask anyway. Yeah, no, I I have actually used um, some Upwork writers. Um, I I can be a little bit precious about the content as, <laughs> right. a, as a writer myself, but uh, I really wanted to scale up and I had to learn to let go a tad. I tried one writer from Upwork like back in March and it just didn't go very well. But then I, I used kind of some of your tips about hiring people that maybe didn't have the big Upwork history and just seemed like good, smart people. And, and that went way better. So I did that in May and that's how I was able to get a lot more work done. Cool. How many writers did you hire? I was working with two, just two okay. to start. And they probably did 10 to 15 pieces for me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, that's a good dent. And do you remember what you were paying them? Between 15 and 20 bucks for, you know, the full article, depending on how long it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess as a writer yourself, you don't want to like beat them up too much on price and you're like, want to give them a fair wage, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. Well, I kind of used what a little bit of what you talked about, about like giving them raises, like for the test article, it was like lower. And then for the next batch, I gave them like a little bit more and, you know. Yeah. And, And like... It's, it's really cool not to let them know that you're going to do that because then it's mm-hmm. like a, it's like a winning the lottery. You're like, oh, yeah, wow, right. that's that's crazy. It's in, you know a scratch off. It's an extra 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's nice cool. Thing to do. Are you continuing to work with them right now, like getting a lot more content done or what's the situation? I, they don't, they're not working on anything right this second, but yeah, I'm thinking about doing another batch with them because uh, they did a good job and it, it helped me get a lot done. So it's just about how much I want to spend. <laughs> okay. Cool. Now, it sounds like you are working with other affiliate programs aside from Amazon based on what you mentioned before. So can you tell us a little bit about that and why you are working with other programs? Yeah. So, you know, like I said, there was the site started as a hobby site and there was this kind of like suite of informational products that I used that really helped me a lot. And I noticed that nobody else except spammers were really writing content for them and they had an affiliate program. And so I was like pretty quickly able to take over like all the traffic regarding X review use for them for all their different products and as an info product you know the commissions can be pretty good because there's no like physical physical product there's no right. like overhead for it so yeah i mean that's been a big chunk of what i've made 
but the cool thing about the KGR is that I've been able to, because those are so profitable for me, I've been able to like use KGR style articles to funnel even more relevant people to those reviews that are earning me a lot of money. And so that's been part of the growth, even though it's not Amazon, it, you know, it's a big contributor. Right. And I think a couple of takeaways. So I, I get questions like, can you use the KGR for X or Y or whatever? So a couple of things that you're doing differently than a lot of the standard model. So you're using Squarespace, number one. So you're using yeah. Squarespace, which is, I mean, I've never used it, but it's supposed to be easy to use and all that. Well, so. I, I think it's great if for like a landing page or like a static website. Blogging, right. it's like, it's kind of a pain, but it gotcha. is what it is. Right. So anyway, so you're on Squarespace and you're also doing other affiliate programs. And can do you, are you able to share like whatever platform or marketplace you, you worked with or whatever? Yeah. So they've, they've actually kind of hopped around. They were, they were doing their own thing and then they were on ClickBank and now they're, uh, uh, do you know the website Teachable, where they mm-hmm. you, people yeah. host courses and stuff? So now Teachable is like launching their own affiliate marketplace, and so okay. it's going through there now, and it's like it's early on. Yeah, so things have changed a lot because this is like a young brand that I'm working with, but uh, they keep hopping around. But you know, it's it's doing well for me. So gotcha. Okay, and I guess it just sounds like the specific uh, hobby or niche that you're involved in. Like there's just good products and you, it sounded like you used the products. So you actually like could write about it knowledgeably and all that stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a, it's a competitive niche, but you know, I think that there's little, little spaces here and there, you know, to fit in and right. Yeah. And yeah, and it helps being interested in it because you, you kind of know a little bit more and you can, you can find those niche topics. Sure. I know you told me the niche, so I know what it is and other people don't, but I was going to say it is competitive and it's like super impressive that in 14 months you can like ramp up a site, you're heading for 4k hopefully this month in June. So it's a competitive space. I can, I can tell people that. So very cool. Now link building. Did you get into link building at all or what's the situation there? I have done kind of one link building push and this was pre KGR or anything like that, but I did a uh, kind of the guesto graphic uh, mm-hmm. approach. Um, I had someone on Upwork make an infographic for me. It actually turned out really cool and I did some outreach for it and yeah, I got a couple of links, nothing, nothing like really impressive. The niche is like very branded. Like it's everyone's kind of like a guru expert. Like people aren't really linking to each other's content a lot. So link building is a little bit tough in this niche. So I didn't go amazing, but I got a couple, a couple there here and there. And, and yeah, I think it's something that I should revisit though. Gotcha. Actually, again, this is uh, because I know the niche, I have an idea where you can go um, outside the niche, but there's some overlap where I think you may have good traction. So I'll, oh, tell, cool. I'll tell you yeah. afterwards. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so it sounds like you didn't do much link building in you know, the power of the KGR like carries the uh, organic traffic. So that's cool. Do you do much on the the social side, any platforms that you're active on or anything like that? I'm actually really bad at social media in general. So I, like, I'm not good at like running these accounts, but I do, I do get a good influx of social traffic from, you know, people who stumble upon my content. And there's, there's one article, article in particular that every once in a while, I don't know how exactly it happens, but it gets these huge Facebook spikes of okay. like thousands of visitors a day. And, you know, oh. it's hard to track down where that's coming from. Like you can, I know you can go into Facebook and put the URL in, but it doesn't always give you everything. And I just want to like thank the people who are sharing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so many like just little or actually really large like Facebook groups that, yeah. I mean, if somebody shares something can go viral in that group and you may not even, I mean, there's no access to it. You have to be like added in. So yeah, sure. Exactly. I think maybe that's a, a selling point for like doing really, really solid informational content because that, that kind of thing can happen and you know, right. it will happen or organically. 
Cool. Now on page a sort of SEO and how how you lay it out for you know an affiliate post, are you using like uh, native ads or buttons, tables? Like, how do you set that up? Yeah, I use uh, tables um, with the HTML table generator that you've talked about. Uh, okay. That that has really helped, like adding those to the top of most of my KGR pieces. Um, it's helped me get way more clicks over to Amazon. I mean, like if I've learned anything from like this and my time at you know big big viral publishers is that. People don't want to read anything. They really just like <laughs> want to skim and and find what they need. I remember when I was writing that kind of viral news stuff, like we would we would sometimes have our H2s tell the entire story so that you didn't have to even read the rest because that's how that's just how people do it. So yeah. having like having uh, tables is great. And um, I don't use buttons, but I, but I usually just like text calls to action that are that stand out in some way. Yeah, cool. All right. That's exactly what I do. It's like buttons are just a little, little extra, but yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. And it sounds like no native ads at all. I tried some here and there and I yeah. just didn't really see a return on it. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I, I find that it just comes off a little more salesy versus yeah. the text call to action where you could, you let them know that they're heading over to get more information or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think cool. it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. It's like, hopefully one of these products you like, and you just throw, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a little bit much for me. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, at the end of the day, it ends up being a lot more affiliate links, like in a small mm-hmm. section, which yeah. is, you know, can be problematic. And by the way, how many affiliate links do you usually put like on a, say a thousand word or 2000 word post? Yeah, I've really brought it down. I used to do a lot. <laughs> like I used to have basically every mention of the product would be linked, but now I've really stripped it out. And at the top, I usually will do like a little bulleted list of like, you know, here's the best budget, best mid range, best high end of this. Those are linked. The table's linked and then maybe just one at the end. And that's kind of it. Okay, cool. It sounds like you watched a couple of the webinars that I've done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Less is more, I think. And, and, uh, and that's, that's kind of interesting too. Like I used to think that not necessarily saying it was going to Amazon was a bit, was better and maybe it was like less salesy and more subtle, but it's actually a good thing to be like, Hey, this is, if you want to buy it, here's where you go, you know, like, so they don't open up a new window and just look for it on their own. Like it's very clear. Right. Yeah. And really in life, you want to like meet expectations, right? Yeah. People are disappointed when the expectation is different than reality. So if they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to read more about whatever product, yeah. um, but, and they think they're going to another page on your site and then they're like, it's in my cart. Like, why is yeah, it in right. my cart already? <laughs> sure. So, okay. So when I got started, I made a lot of mistakes. In fact, I still make mistakes all the time. They're just much bigger now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so did you make any mistakes as you were coming up that you learned something from do you want to share? Yeah, I think I can think of a couple. I mean, I wish that I had a plan from the beginning, honestly, because I started, you know, the site's 14 months old. I've only been taking it really seriously for a couple of months. And, and you yeah, know, I did okay before that. But mm-hmm. if I had started with a much better plan from the beginning, I, I feel like I could be so much further along. Even just if I had started KGR when I first saw your video on it, like, but I feel like I waffled for a couple <laughs> months and I lost like precious time because, you know, it does take months for this stuff to like really ramp up, you know, and you can be if you just start now, you know, in a couple months from now, you'll be way far ahead versus if you sit on the fence and think about it. So that was a big one. I mean, I just wish I had started with a, a strategy. Yeah, you know, the other thing I think is when I was starting with KGR, I thought like, okay, you know, I'm going to get this kind of trickle of traffic at first and it's going to slowly build. So like, let me go after like the most expensive things in my niche that I can possibly find. 
right? Because that's going to make me the most money, right? But but it's true what they say that there's kind of a sweet spot of like what people will buy online quickly. Mm-hmm. Things that are two thousand dollars are just the decision cycle is just too long. And I mean, you can get commissions on that, but it's harder. So that kind of like fifty to one hundred fifty or two hundred dollar range is is just a much better place to be, or even below that, honestly, is is fine. But you don't want to miss out on on the con, you know having the better conversion rate because you're going after these crazy expensive items. And I know. I, I was going to say, I, I made those same sort of mistakes where it's like, well, yeah, you just want to recommend like the most expensive thing possible because you'll make yep. more money. But there's definitely a value in, in the volume that you see on Amazon. So mm-hmm. and at this point, I'm just like, I'll publish any like, or I'll target any product, even if it's only a couple bucks, because I just want Google to like my site and visitors to be on the site. And that's fine with me. So do you have a minimum threshold or anything like that? Not really. I mean, I haven't, I don't think I've done anything less than like 10 bucks, but I mean, you know, I'll write stuff about products that are 10, 20, 30 bucks. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's something that'll rank and bring visitors and people will like it. And you're still sending clicks to Amazon, which is great. So very cool. Evan, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, yeah, totally. I do. You know, you've kind of heard the journey of my site and, you know, hopefully we'll hit around 4k this month, maybe a little bit below, but I kind of want to get to that five figures a month, you know, that we talk about and, you know, the, the full like living wage off of this and, you know, knowing what you know about like my site and my niche, like, would you recommend, you know, another huge batch of KGR posts, maybe going after some higher volume stuff or, or link building or, you know, where's my time best spent? Like in your opinion, do you think? Sure. First thing, don't forget you have to pay taxes. So that's Mm like 40% out the mm-hmm. door. So don't forget about that part. I'm assuming you've already taken that into account. Yep. The other thing is you're getting good traction. And I know uh, you mentioned before, like, you know, you're sort of, you published a bunch of stuff and you're sort of regrouping right now. You don't have writers working on more stuff. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say if you do have the budget um, to probably, you know, keep publishing like more content and, you know, I refer back often to when I published 200 articles and like it took a little while for everything to come together. But once it did, mm-hmm. it like skyrocketed and it was way more profitable than I imagined. And yeah. I just reinvested a modest amount of the earnings each month and was able to you know pay for it without like any money out of my pocket. So I would say take a look at that. Additionally, one thing that I didn't do. I'm going to give you like a few things, assuming uh, no constraints. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, but I assume there are constraints. So the other part is um, I did another sprint um, like last fall where I published, you know, a similar number of articles in a short amount of time. And I just happened to have a content team ready. So that's why I did that. In hindsight, I should have probably spent a little more time on outreach and link building as well. Mm. So KGR works really well, even with minimal link building. But if you do link building and outreach, it can be really helpful, especially when you're trying to rank something more difficult. So I would recommend spending some time on that. Or, I mean, some people would spend time on social instead. Although I would say, you know, time on the SEO portion is probably more valuable, especially if you're not a social media kind of person. The other part back to the content is you're probably starting to rank like number one for a few posts and you're ranking Mm. well for certain things. I would add more content to those. So you'll be able to attract 
more long tail keywords. If you're already ranking number one, um, you mm-hmm. may think, uh, don't add anything to that. It's fine. Add more content to mm-hmm. that. You okay. can take a look at Google search console to see like what else that specific URL is ranking for. You know, if you don't have any details about that, you could add more information. So for example, um, if it's like, you know, the best ballpoint pen for journaling and you see you're ranking for, uh, like something about bullet journaling, then you can add a section about bullet journaling, hopefully attract more long tail traffic to that post that's already getting a lot of love mm-hmm. and then you'll just get like more traffic to it. So that's one thing you cool. can do. And I mentioned a couple uh, other things. Like if I think you're probably already doing it, but like adding more images, keyword mm-hmm. rich images can be helpful. You know, you got to make sure you take care of the alt tag, the caption yeah. and um, mm-hmm. you know, the other information file name and stuff, but yeah. that could be helpful yeah. just to add more relevancy around that topic. Okay. So I would say, doing, I mean, usually it comes down to uh, content and link building. And this is, you know, the same deal, I guess, to emphasize, don't forget the outreach can, can go a long way, uh, especially if you, you know, if you focus on like one keyword or, or at least topic that maybe you have a couple keywords uh, associated mm-hmm. with it. If you could focus link building on that topic, that would be great because you may be yeah. able to push up like three or four posts because your site's like more relevant about that topic. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. When I look back at like the the timeline, I think it takes, my, my belief is there's another sandbox, right? There's a sandbox mm-hmm. for a URL whenever you publish something. And I think yeah. it's probably about six months. Like if the search volume's over, I'm just making this up on the fly. If it's, if the search volume's over like 720, I feel like there's mm-hmm. another six month sandbox, yeah. right? If it's a lower search volume, it's a much shorter sandbox and there's like fewer, you know, competitors out there. The point is a lot of times, you know, you're seeing good growth now. You just started in February. So I would say for another two months, you're going to see the same, like I have the graph, so I'll, I'll show it to people, but your curve, I guess it's this direction. Probably the curve is going to continue growing for probably two months at this like uh, very yeah. sh- like sharp, uh, cool to look at. Uh, earnings curve, and then it'll mm. probably taper out a little bit. The mm. really neat thing is it'll probably, you know, that'll put us to August, and then it'll probably be, you know, another two, two and a half months, and then it'll jump again because of the retail season. Now, if you keep your foot on the gas and you keep adding more content, like mm. right now, there's a good chance you'll have some kind of you know, continued crazy exponential growth in the November and December timeframe, which is what mm-hmm. I, what I saw, by the way. So interesting. I published 200 articles between like June around this time to October or so, mm-hmm. um, maybe May to October, something like that. And then it slowly grew. And then, you know, at the beginning of that period, it was like a thousand bucks a month. And by the end, again, retail season was like, 14,000. Yeah. So like, that's the kind of, I mean, it'll blow your mind. It's really hard to like anticipate the earnings that you can really pull in. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I feel like I've been grinding away at content forever, but like, like you said, it's only been three months and almost every single piece that I've written has seen some growth from like month one to two and two to three. And so like, I have all these ones that I just wrote, like are going to keep going and going and you know, yeah. that's pretty exciting. And Google is like, liking your site um, mm. even more. So by the way, did you do, do you have like healthy interlinking throughout your site, like to and from each article? I do. I, that's something I've worked on recently because I wasn't <laughs> right. doing it before, but uh, 
I was like, ah, you know, but, um, but no, I got back in there and I made sure everything had at least one or two internal links as well as like outbound links to quality, you know, references. Cool. It's easy to put links in the new articles to the old stuff, but it's a real mm-hmm. pain to go back and add new links to the old articles. And that's the mm-hmm. part people forget because it just sucks, especially when you have, like, <laughs> I mean, imagine it in six months from now when you have like 150 articles. Yeah. Like, that's when it really sucks. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. I remember you saying that before, and so that is something I made a point of, of doing. And now it's easier to do it when you publish it rather than going back and trying to do a bunch of them because that really sucks. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a list of like 100, and you're like, ah, oh, what do I have to do? So mm-hmm. excellent. All right, well, do you have any advice, Evan, for people that maybe they're just getting started, maybe they don't even have a site yet? I mean, my biggest piece of advice is like, just start, just do it. You know, I, I watch a lot of your live streams and a lot of the comments and questions. And there's a lot of, you know, people like kind of hemming and hawing over like, what if the keyword is this? And like, what, what should I do if this, if that? And, and you know, I think you just, you want to dive in. And I think uh, if I'm interpreting KGR the way you int- intended it, it's that it's like designed to be done at scale, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a sniper rifle where it's like, this is the keyword that's going to blow up and make you hundreds of dollars. It's like, you do a lot of these and some of them are huge hits. Some of them plop. A lot of them do well, but nothing crazy. And so, yeah, and it takes a lot of time to get that work done. So it's like the sooner you start, the better off you're going to be three months from now. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wish I would have started a lot of things a little bit sooner. I'm like, ah, it eventually worked. I just, yeah. <laughs> I could have been like a year ahead. So yeah, yeah. And the other thing I guess like is to kind of double down on things that are working. Like if you've got, you know, certain products, I guess people are just primed to like buy on the internet and just seems to seem to sell well. And if there's ways for you to funnel more traffic into those products, that's great. You know, like you want to have informational articles on your site anyway, if you can point those toward a a review or a product roundup that converts really well, like that is going to really, really help you. And so that's, that's one thing that I've done. That's kind of like help things take off. Awesome. Yeah. Really good advice. A lot of times, and I'm guilty of this in the past where it's like, oh, this isn't this particular post isn't doing well, how can I make it a lot better? And then I spend mm-hmm. time on stuff that's not working and then it's probably never going to work versus mm-hmm. like checking out like what's what's going well, how can I do more of that? So yeah, like it's a good, it's a good thing to have kind of an understanding of that, like decision cycle that buy the people buying stuff go through. And if you're thinking about like just people who know what they want or know the specific product they want, there's also people one level up that don't know they need it yet. And you can introduce them to it. It may not convert quite as well because it's not a buyer's term, but just like if it's converting, like just get more people looking at it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, I didn't ask this before. Do you have an email list on your site? Uh, no, I don't. I'm not, I'm not really doing anything with email. Okay. We got a lot of traffic. We should talk about that. Yeah. Um, so especially if you <laughs> yeah, have sure. informational posts and um, ClickBank products or whatever products where you could actually like do some email marketing. Okay. Thanks, Evan. Really appreciate it. And maybe in a couple months, we can get an update from you if it's cool with you. Uh, everyone let us know in the chat if you want to hear from Evan again. You you think you'll be up for it? <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you, Doug. I mean, I, the KGR has really, really helped me. It's been, it's been a great like roadmap to get to a point that I really didn't think that I would be able to get to. So, so thank you for all that you do. Appreciate it. Thanks for saying that and uh, have a great day. Thanks. All right, cool. Of course, thanks a lot to Evan again. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Keep an eye out keep an ear out for the updated interview that I did with Evan. We actually go pretty deep into the weeds of forming a company. We talk about taxes and a lot of the, 
actually just administrative stuff that is kind of boring um, until you get to the point where you realize you got a problem and you have to figure out how to pay taxes on this stuff. We go pretty deep into the weeds in that area. So yeah, keep an eye out for that if that's something that would interest you. Before we get to the questions, quick reminder, if you have not left a review or a rating on iTunes for this show, I would really appreciate it if you did. It helps with rankings and some other things like that. So if you have a couple minutes, maybe uh, don't do it at a traffic light, but if you have a couple minutes sometime during your day, maybe you're on a train, maybe you're in some sort of rapid transit situation, do it then. Just leave a little review, leave a rating, something like that. Even if you're not on iTunes, leave a rating somewhere and it will be helpful. I'm going to read a couple comments that were left on the original interview posted on YouTube. So this is from Brandon English. A nice uh, shout out for Brandon there. Brandon says he found 90 KGR terms and he has a UK-based writer knocking them out week by week. And the plan is to post 30 new KGR compliant articles each month until the end of the year. So that's pretty cool. He's putting some money into link building and the reason there's no question here. I'll just tell you that. He is just saying uh, he is going to take some action and he's proclaiming it in uh, in a public forum like this, which is really cool. And again, this is part of the reason to do the success story interviews here. They get people pumped up to take action and like do something. So as we get into a few of the actual questions here, first question is from Michelle. I have a site with only one piece of content. At this early stage, should my first batch of articles be keyword golden ratio followed by posts targeting higher volume keywords? Yeah, that seems like a pretty good approach. I usually recommend that people, when you're first launching your site, maybe do 70 to 80% of keyword golden ratio or other long tail, low competition type keywords so that you can get some traction early, hopefully get some traffic to your site. If you go for stuff, if you go for keywords and post content that is targeting very high volume, high competition keywords, there's a strong chance you're not going to rank for anything for a pretty long time. It doesn't mean it won't work. It just means you won't get any traffic for a while, which could be discouraging if you're not sure if you know this stuff works. So that's a great approach. Low competition first, and then you can start targeting higher volume, higher competition keywords in the future. Next question, and this is a super common one, is whether or not the keyword golden ratio and like long tail keyword research works for just affiliate sites or if it works for other types of websites and content and so on. The answer is it does work for basically anytime you're doing keyword research using Google. Now, the you know, secondary or another related question is whether or not you can do quote keyword golden ratio type uh, research on like YouTube or other platforms. The answer is no, not really. So for YouTube, you really don't have a good handle on the search volume. You can get some relative idea compared to other keywords, but you really don't know how many searches are happening on YouTube. Further, most views and most watch time on YouTube, they come from 
suggested videos that don't come from keyword research. So it doesn't mean it's a bad idea to put in the time to do keyword research on YouTube. It just means if you're trying to figure out how to do the keyword golden ratio or anything similar on YouTube, you may be wasting your time. It, it probably doesn't matter that much. If most of your views are probably going to be coming from some other source aside from you know search, organic search on YouTube, then don't worry about it. You're probably better off spending your time elsewhere, like maybe you know creating better videos or something like that. And the final question for today is, this is uh, from Prost. I can't read the rest of his uh, screen name here on YouTube, but Prost says, Doug, what ratio of money versus non-money articles do you suggest maintaining on an affiliate site? You wouldn't recommend going for 100% money content, right? That's right. I I don't recommend 100% money content. In fact, you should probably have at least 50% informational, which is like how-to content, helpful content, at least 50%. The other half can be affiliate reviews, product reviews. You may even be better off if you have like even more than 50% on the informational side. There's two main reasons for that. Number one, from like Google's standpoint, they don't want a site that is purely just affiliate content. I know there are examples of that, but in general, if you have like a more balanced set of content, you'll be in better shape. The risk is you could be hit with a penalty that Google calls uh, like thin content. You can go research that. I I could put a link in the notes for you, but essentially there's a few different types of sites that may qualify as, I'm putting in air quotes here, thin content. It doesn't mean that it's short and it also doesn't mean that it's not accurate or anything like that. It just it just means uh, Google <laughs> Google doesn't like it for a few reasons, which you could read about further. It's a little beyond the scope of this, you know, Q and A. So anyway, that is one reason. The second reason is Amazon, Amazon Associates, the program that you're probably working with, also doesn't want you to have like purely just affiliate content with reviews. It's too like too much advertising. So they prefer that you have like a balance of content. Hence, about 50% seems to fit the bill. And if you have even more informational content, there's a chance you can, you know, rank a little bit faster. I've heard some, you know, anecdotal case studies where people have published just mostly informational content and they were able to get traffic a little bit faster than, uh, you know, other other sites that are only posting affiliate reviews and product reviews and affiliate content. Thanks a lot for joining me on this episode of The Doug Show. The next couple episodes are very exciting. These are rebroadcasts from the Human Proof Podcast. My friend Dom Wells interviewed me for a two-part series I'm going to talk about, actually, Dom interviews me, right? So we are going to talk about selling a site for $235,000. This was a big project that I worked on with a friend of mine, and we go deep into the details. It's called Project Go White Hat, so keep an eye out for the next couple episodes coming up. As normal, you can head over to nichesiteproject.com, click the green button, and what you can get are all of my templates and guides and other useful tools. 
I also, uh, you know, you sign up for the email list. Uh, that's what it is. You're signing up for the email list, but I send you a lot of cool emails over the course of several weeks, and I point you towards uh, helpful information if you're looking to you know, start working online, start an affiliate site, or you're just interested in internet marketing. There's some other random stuff in there like productivity and, and whatnot. So have a look if you're interested in learning a little bit more.